From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. So the sound that you heard this morning uh, for our intro is not music. There's nothing wrong with your radio. That was Matt and I walking to the studio this morning uh, in the uh, leftover snow and, and wind. That's right, Derek. Blizzard conditions. You and I walked to the snow, making sure the UTW podcast episode number 52, 52. happens. Exactly. 52, which is the temperature we would all like to see today. Would be, Actually, would I think be like, that literally is the high on like Monday or Tuesday, which is ridiculous. Exactly. Well, you know, you knew it was going to come down and just wreak all kinds of havoc. And then, boom, it's going to go right back to uh, to remind everyone. Everybody, if you don't own a car wash or, uh, you know, ha- own a, a mobile detail company, uh, that's your wasting your time, and you should have done that. So, cars yeah, that, that, those guys have to make a lot of money. Absolutely. Guys and gals have been making a lot of money. Yeah. So yeah, that, the the sound was actual live audio of, of Derek and I trucking it to the uh, How to Barbecue Right Studios across town to uh, put on our podcast. But uh, we're glad to be here. No, I've enjoyed most of the time at home. I've had to. Uh, going to work three of the four days so far this week. Um, did not go yesterday uh, for some unforeseen circumstances, uh, but have enjoyed some time sledding. Got a couple of uh, runs in on the snow. and So I took a walk in it Wednesday night when it was coming down about three inches an hour, and it was just uh, just a, a beautiful sight to behold. I just you know, I just wanted to kind of walk in it. I mean, it was, you know, kind of stung the eyes a little bit as you walked through it, but just kind of stopped and just right before it got dark, just walked the neighborhood, you know, having it just come down. Because basically for us, that could be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Yeah, I mean, really big snow. Snowflakes. I mean, you know, those suckers were huge. Fat ones. Yeah, big, big, big big fat rain, you know. (laughs) Big fat snowflakes are coming down. But, uh, you know, our kids are kind of spoiled now. They just look outside for the last five days, and it's nothing but, you know, white snow, and you run out there and play in it and everything like that. It's just um, unprecedented times down here. It's not this many days in a row of freezing temperatures is extremely rare. Shout out to everybody who's uh, having to get out there, the police officers, first responders, quote-unquote essential workers, uh, you know, the people at the Kroger and Walmart and those places having to get out for a pharmacist, uh, of course, and th- those people. So shout out to them for continuing to, uh, you know, not complain, just go do it. Yeah, thank you all for all you all are doing for, and, you know, during this whole snow event. I think our ninth, working on our ninth day now of below freezing temperatures, I know several people uh, have, you know, had the pipes burst, not just here, uh, all across the state, uh, all across the nation. Uh, in Texas, how you know, we, you know, I guess we can always be thankful for something. Be thankful that we're not Texas right now, or living in those, you know, seven million people had to boil water uh, over a million still without power as of Thursday. Uh, and so, just um, again, uh, just kind of be thankful for where, where we are. And again, and you mentioned when you said something about the kids, our snow days, we we were fired up. Their snow day means virtual learning. Exactly. <laughs> so they still have to, you know, two or three hours of work that they're having to do before they can even think about going outside, which, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about that because, I mean, a snow day was a snow day. Now, I understand they're not built in. You don't want to be going into June in school. But at the same time, when you see snow outside and, oh, yeah, you got to get that paper in, that's a, that's a bad feeling. Is it because, I mean, is it because if they're doing it virtually, they can count it as a day? That's they don't correct. Have to, okay, that's yeah, exactly right. Virtual learning is counted as a day. Wow. So, you know, I think the private schools and the public schools both took a ice day last Thursday uh, and then a snow day on Tuesday. So that's probably – most of them only have two days. So they have, you know, they've used both their snow days now, so there's no, no extra days at the end of school at this time. 
one more day though it would be. So now that they said this is you know Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday were virtual learning days, counts as school days. Counts as school days. Very interesting. A lot of our listeners know my daughter. Uh, shout out to Heather for what she's had to do with Evelyn for about two and a half, three hours a day. Probably work that would take Evelyn less than an hour. Takes her about three hours to do when it comes to virtual learning. So it has not been easy around the house, but we're as blessed as anybody. I mean, certainly, like you said, Derek, down in Texas, all the different you know outages and watching people. I think I saw what you see the guys picture of the guy ceiling fan with with oh, ice, ice hanging, icicles. Yeah. I mean, just awful, you know. Just and again, like you know, I've watched a lot of news here lately and stuff. But man, the news just they, they go right into the blame game and who's doing what and who's doing this and who's to blame for that. And I just chuckle to myself, man, just. Why don't we quit that for right now? Get get everybody heat and, and water, and then we could talk about that. But yeah, you, you got to learn from stuff. Learn from this event for the next one. You uh, got to learn. You got to learn from things. Why did this happen? Uh, cold temperatures down into the teens and single digits in Texas. RK, you know, it is possible. Uh, learn from that. Prepare for it. Uh, it may happen once every hundred years, but man, you're going to be thankful you did when that when you know and so forth. So that's right. And if you've been spending all this time in your house and realize you want a new one. <laughs> I know who you can turn to. That's right, Derek. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, our 2021 UTW podcast presenting sponsor. Team Couch of Birch Realty possesses over 64 years of combined real estate experience. They're the number one team for over a decade in the residential real estate market in DeSoto County. With over 25,000 closings since 2009, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group has been ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team. Maybe not this week, but the springtime is a great time to list your home. Team Couch is offering a free, no obligation market analysis. That is a free, no obligation market analysis for your home at this time. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. As things start to snow, weather starts to get into the 50s, 60s, uh, heading into spring, now's a great time to put your home in the market. It is absolutely a seller's market at this time. Reach out to Brian and Terry at Team Couch, 662-449-1700. As we joked moments ago, Derek and I had to walk through, seemed like three feet of snow, to get to the How to Barbecue Right Shop studios. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street in Hernando. This store has rubs, sauces, cast iron, thermometers, cutting boards, knives, really cool high-end smokers. They have just about anything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. If you've ever seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by and check out his How to Barbecue Right shop. You can call them at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Or find them on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. That's the letter H, the number two, the letter Q, Malcolm's Shop. Again, 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics here in Hernando. They will be having a grand opening planned for March 6th. Obviously, hopefully we hope the weather's better and ready to go for March 6th, but they will be having a grand opening for the store currently scheduled for March 6th that we'll begin to update more and more about. Uh, they're going to have all kinds of cooking and sampling. We'll have more details to come very soon. Hey, Derek, I noticed on Instagram the other day at the UTW Podcast Instagram account, I noticed uh, Malcolm had done um, his voodoo wings, and there were over 24,000 viewings of that video on Instagram. And that was three days ago. How hot is a voodoo wing? I have no idea. I mean, I, I, the entire video I didn't necessarily see, but I did see number of views was well over 24,000. And again, that wow. was three, th- three days ago. So how to barbecue right shop right here in Hernando. Thank you for being our 2021 studio sponsor. 
Well, we turn our attention now to the Hernando Alderman meeting that did actually take place on Tuesday. Some of the aldermen did weather the, the, the roads and, and get to the um, get to City Hall for the meeting. A couple of other ones had to phone in, but they did take place. The meeting did take place, Derek. A few different things, pretty simple. Some of the stuff we talked about, planning items uh, that were going to come up, small neighborhood in, in Nesbitt, Madison Lakes, which is a much bigger project. That's pushed to two weeks. That's going to be pushed, got pushed to two weeks from now, the next meeting. Uh, and then a couple other things, Derek, what you got? As you mentioned, the three planning commission, I think there were 13, 14, no, 15, 16, and 17 uh, were pushed till the first uh, Tuesday in March. Uh, there were some other things that got done. The first, the, the mayor was authorized to sign a lease with the Hernandez Civic Center. Uh, baseball starts next week. Uh, baseball practice, soccer practice, of course, has been happening uh, at the soccer fields. Uh, but um, they'll start playing you know, games here soon, and so they had to go ahead and get that lease signed. They could not wait you know, the next meeting in order to sign that lease. So that's been signed. Uh, the, the amount was not announced how much the lease is for, uh, but I know it's a, a very minimal sum. They also signed the contract for the concession stands. So the concession stand providers, that's also been signed. Both of those were pending a review by the city attorney to make sure everything was done. So once the attorney blesses it, the mayor has the uh, authority by the board to go ahead and sign it. Next thing that the they did approve that, for the city parks to apply to the uh, MSWF, the Mississippi uh, Wildlife and Fisheries, to go ahead and finish the trail at Conquer Park. The city will put up their $30,000 or up to $30,000 match. That was approved unanimously. Uh, we kind of joked about the fact that they had to file for the insurance. Uh, they actually, the city attorney was actually given authorization to file against the, the woman who was arrested, her insurance company. Uh, she has the general. There you go. Uh, the general insurance that you see the commercials. And so they'll be filing against her insurance. I, I think they have a pretty good claim since some of it was called on, I guess, I think they had cameras at Walmart. Uh, and a cop was the eyewitness. I think they'll have a pretty good case. Uh, and so they should uh, be able to hopefully you know, get with the general, get paid uh, or reimbursed for the car. And then finally, Matt, the biggest thing that happened, uh, it was about a 30-minute meeting. So, so falling asleep, at, so taking a little nap at the Walmart gas pump frowned upon in her Well, when you're passed out <laughs> at the wheel yes. at a gas station, not at a gas pump, and they you know, kind of tap on the window and say, hey, ma'am, um, your car's been here a while. We, we you know what, what's going on. And you wake up and try to take off by running into a cop car, probably going to get you arrested. Well, I would. The largest thing to come out of the meeting, uh, as you were just about to say, uh, was what? These aldermen voted to give a 1.5% pay raise to all city employees. Now, this is something they've been talked about. Remember, there was a huge argument we had kind of covered about, you know, the we, the city, had gotten CARES money. And what were they going to do with it? Well, they decided to push the carriage money to the side. Still have not decided how, you know, what the city is just going to kind of keep it to, toward the end of the year. If there are, you know, real needs that come up, maybe to help with something COVID that, that, that we don't know about yet, that that's unforeseen. But they went ahead and, and had a conversation, a pretty civil conversation, mostly a positive conversation. I went around and kind of settled on 1.5% or 1.75%. They got the amounts uh, for what would be the last seven months of the year. What that would look like, one was 94480 The other one, I think, was around 110000 So they kind of had a little discussion, and then a motion was made by uh, Alderman Ward 2, uh, who had been the proponent of this the whole time. He was the one that really wanted the study done. He was the one that really wanted to see the employees get a raise. And so he finally made the motion. He made it at one and a half, and it was approved unanimously. So uh, everybody, all but one alderman were there. Uh, and either either by phone or in person, and all six voted uh, to give the employees raises. I mean, interesting, Derek. You know, that's perfectly fine from what you told me off here. Uh, should not be a problem. 
uh, doing pretty well sales tax wise. Um, yeah, was doing okay even with the pandemic. My issue, I had a little bit, you know, here right now, hearing the word raise during the pandemic, the COVID nineteen pandemic still going on to me was a little bit, a little bit surprising to hear that word. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know they can make a case. Well, we should all be just happy to have a job. Mm-hmm. We should all be, you know, just happy to be working uh, with others, especially in the service industry, or, or not or suffering at this time and not able to work. Um, I think you know, but the city did put on record, I believe, their two hundred and twenty some odd thousand dollars above budget revenue wise without the CARES money. Made sure that that was understood, and so that's part of the, part of the thought behind that uh, was to go ahead and really just you could say reward, but they they think they've earned it uh, for the job that they've done, especially during COVID, especially this last you know, seven days that we've been through the uh, the snow event too. So I think all that was kind of weighing on their minds. Uh, and, and we decided to go ahead and and, uh, and do it. And again, this was the lowest amount. They talked all the way up to two to two and a half percent at one point. Uh, this was the lowest amount mentioned at any time, and so they went with the one and a half percent. Now, uh, there's a caveat. Anybody that had received a raise in the last month or so, so anybody that had been on the on the docket or in the consent agenda or anything like that that had received a, a bump in pay of 50 cents here or a dollar here, or I think there was actually three uh, on Tuesday night that were uh, either given a raise or promoted to like a $20.40 an hour, you know, job or whatever, those would not be uh, given another 1.5%. They just got there, so they're not going to put it on top of that. But everybody else outside of that would get it. Basically, raises – any type of raise hiring that happened in 2021 is pretty pretty close to it. Like I said, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm all for people getting a raise. I mean, if things are going okay in the city uh, budget-wise and it makes sense, I really am, uh, you know, okay with that. Like I was saying, the, the word raise in, in 2020 or in the last 12, 13 months was, was uh, interesting to me that, that this would happen. But it, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, congratulations to anybody that, that gets a little bit more compensation for, for what they do. And that was basically it for the Hernando Alderman meeting. Not a whole lot going on, like you said, Derek, about a 30-minute meeting. You did mention something about the camera angle being better and the sound being better. So they are starting to work on that. And you and I are a part of something that we're, we're working towards the possibility of doing more with the city to make the meetings uh, really state-of-the-art. Yeah, and just you know, more accessible to everybody and able to under, understand. Yes, the, so if you've ever watched this before on YouTube, it usually comes from the far side of the room. So you're looking left to right, basically. The, the, the camera angle is coming from left to right. If you're looking at, well, this time it looks like the camera was set somewhere near where you sign in. So on the complete opposite side of the room. uh, So basically where Doc Harris sits on the end right there, it was just, I guess, I don't know, maybe say 10 or 15 yards from him, or excuse me, feet from him, aimed straight directly at the mayor. So it was a lot closer. The other one used to be in the far back left of the room. Now this is the kind of the front right of the room. Uh, And so you could, I, I don't know if the camera changed or if it was just the same camera closer. But you could obviously the, the audio was much better. You could hear sure. both Mike and Kathy. Kathy had called in from her house. She had not wanted to, to drive in, so you could hear both of them easily on the telephone. So yeah, I mean, I, I was appreciative for what I could see and hear. Uh, but again, we also know that we are trying to work to give them multiple camera angles, hopefully in the future. Right, and something, uh, Derek. We have some uh, exciting news for Rooster Production for the UTW podcast. Hopefully, coming up in the next ten days or so, um, regarding some stuff on the east side of the county uh some people to help us cover over there to people to maybe you know maybe we kind of hand the reins over to discussing more things about olive branch in that area and so forth but uh Derek, we kind of seem to have inspired someone to get in touch with us inspired someone to possibly do a show very similar to ours and how does this tie into the hernando alder meeting the hernando alder meeting is open to the public here recently this gentleman has found out that the olive branch board of aldermen at this time is not open to the public surprise surprise and that's something he will be investigating uh, over the next uh, two three 
three weeks. Yeah, and they you're not able to access them on any kind of video. Yep. yep. Uh, cannot be found, and so you have to show up, and and so that's kind of a hit or miss, you know, when showing up to the meeting. So, uh, again, that's something that uh, we'll probably be uh, talking about next Friday. Um, I will actually not be here to be the first show that I miss. You know, so there'll be somebody sitting in my place as a guest host, and they will kind of break down what we're looking to do at that time. Right. Something again going to be happening over in the Olive Branch area. A neat podcast or something uh, over there. So, turn our attention now up north. We go to the South Haven Alder meeting. South Haven was a lot like Hernando. Not a whole lot going on. Went ahead and passed the uh, planning um, things on their agenda. Just some simple neighborhood growth. Uh, usual stuff happening in South Haven. What seems to be every month continuing to grow and so forth. They did approve. Go ahead and approve the bid for the fire station number five right there on Star Landing. Derek, tell us how much that ended up being. The, and we've, you've heard us say this you know, several times talking about the, the straightening of the Star Landing Road, putting the, uh, the fire station there. This will be the fifth fire station. They finally let it to bid last time. The bids have come in and uh, came in a million dollars under budget. The city had budgeted about five and a half million dollars for this project. The, the I guess, best and lowest bid came in at four, uh, four and a half million dollars. Now, if you say, well, how in the world can you cut, you know, a million dollars from a budget? Well, the mayor admitted that in their budgeting, they um, did it for a, a, a higher amount, that everything they had been, you know, I guess, bidding out larger projects in the last couple of years, uh, they had been, you know, they, I guess they were getting bids that came in a lot higher than they expected. Uh, they had to come back and rebid it. Uh, they'd have to have approval from the board. So this time they were just making sure, hey, we're going to be so conservatively high to make sure that we throw every possible cost and you know, the lumber package is going to be you know really high. And the, so they went ahead and just made sure everything was shown high, that they were comfortable with a $5.5 million figure and that they could make it work with their budget. And you know they and the aldermen agreed that they could. So when it came to bid, the actual numbers just came in lower. Yeah, and you could start faster. Like you said, they could, you, you'd budget for 4 it'd come in at 5 and a half, and we got to redo all this stuff. A lot of times that's going to be with the architect. I mean, that's typically where you kind of start with. They put some numbers together, let the city know, hey, this should be right around this thing. So that's a lot of the times right now. I don't know, you know, some architects are really good at that, and some – or under most times are undershoot uh, to, to you know so that makes sense that they would uh, do it that way and now they can start so much faster because it's a million under budget the company that that bid on it's probably still doing just fine they're happy with the bid and they're moving on so that's a uh, again that's going to be the Fire station number five there at Star Landing. The big curve that happens in Star Landing will kind of be straightened out, and the fire station number five will be a heck of a good addition down there uh, for that area. And like you said, trying to increase or improve the insurance rating for the city of South Haven. So that was kind of the biggest thing that came out of the meeting, other than the mayor's report. Give us a couple of points that uh, Mayor Musselwhite made. Three main points, really. The first one being that the parks will be ready for ball. Now, obviously, the last seven days, nothing's happened. And so he said, however, even with the seven-day lag, both the soccer fields and the baseball fields with you know, the soccer fields obviously are brand new. And so they're still you know, making sure everything's good on the side and, and having to stripe it off and, and those sorts of things. And on the baseball side, of course, they redid all the infields to turf. And so all those, he says, everything will be ready uh, for practice, for games starting in March. So that, you know, even with this delay, even with the, you know, the cold temperatures, that should not affect uh, being ready to start day one uh, as they're supposed to. Uh, the next thing that he wanted to uh, talk with uh, the alderman about was the, the snow that's happened and the, and the ice. And one said this is the largest snow event that South Haven has had on record since 1985. Uh, he, you know, he, put that, that's, he went on record to say that. 
And I, I would venture to say that was Tuesday's meeting. Mm-hmm. Now it's Friday. I would venture to say it's probably even – it could be a 100-year storm. Yeah. You know, so, probably even worse. Yeah, that was through Tuesday night uh, that he said that it was yes. already uh, it's the worst that they had had since 85. He'd been getting a lot of flack, of course, you know, that he called it uh, armchair quarterbacking or Tuesday morning quarterbacking uh, about, hey, you know, why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you know, do that? Or why weren't the roads exactly ready? And all this, you know, he said, look, he said, I'm not – he is not debating whether or not that somebody from Minnesota or anybody else that's up north that has moved down here knows more about dealing with snow riding in snow or anything like that more than he does he absolutely knows that they do but what he is saying he said look as you said this is a lot worse since 85 we probably get a decent two inches of snow every 10 years uh, on average and there's no way that he's going to go buy a three hundred thousand dollar machine to you know help with snow or he's going to spend twenty five thousand dollars a pop to you know go out and do some special you know something because of snow he said look he said if i'd have done that you know i mean you know he said if i'd have done it monday well another round came tuesday of course now we know if he'd have done it tuesday another round came wednesday thursday and so he said you know, there's just no no way he said we did the you know, best we could we had people on the roads we had you know we had hired contractors to go out there start clearing the roads off and he did say, look, I know there's people that are complaining that we use sand instead of salt, that salt melts it, especially if you catch it early. And he understands all that. But he said it's, it's, a, it's a cost analysis. And the cost analysis is this. If we use salt, then it gets on the other side of our trucks. Our, trust are gonna, our trucks are going to rust out. Again, trucks that we, don't, we, we use just a few times a year, sure. you know, when they sit dry, they start rusting out on us because we use salt. That doesn't make any sense. We'll use sand. Yes, it may take longer. Yes, it may not be quite as effective. But, again, we're doing it every 10 or so years. Uh, you know, People hopefully can understand that. They're hopeful that we're watching the taxpayers' money as best that we can and that if I had to make the decision again, I would do it again. And so that's, you know, that was kind of – he just you know, he said, I acknowledge, I appreciate you wanting you know, to, to giving advice. We are definitely hearing it. But we understand that. We kind of look through everything, and this is why we made the decisions that we made you know, per the snow. I think Mayor Musselwhite does a pretty good job of saying, hey, we hear you. We understand what you're saying. <laughs> However, um, this is a decision that's been made. It's based off of tax re- – it's based off of doing the right thing with our tax money. Again, I, j- I saw something on the news, Derek, that the uh, Nashville this, – this is the first Nashville winter weather advisory in five years. Wow. So does it make any sense to go and spend money right. and all that kind of stuff? No. Exactly. No, not at all. I mean, I know so, I mean, Hernando, you know, the, uh, the mayor, I mean, he was out there driving a truck himself. Uh, actually, that had a, uh, a scraper on the front of it. And then he was using, you know, he had actually contracted with other people who actually put scrapers on the front of their trucks. Just average Joes, you know, put it on the front of their truck and just started plowing. Right. You know, again, is it that the the best scenario? Maybe not, but for a town of Hernando that this, you know, I can't, I've been here 16 years and I think 2010 we had a pretty decent snow. I'm perfectly fine with it. I was able to, you know, get to work three of the four days this week so far. And so I've got uh, I've got no issue if that if we're you know paying a couple hundred dollars to have that done instead of spending twenty five thousand dollars for a, a you know a professional service or going to buy some you know elaborate truck. Well, and don't forget in the mid south you get below freezing. You're down there in the teens for a couple of nights, a couple of days. Roads are one way. The next day it's sixty two degrees. Right. And that's exactly what hasn't happened for us right now. We're, we can't wait for that to happen tomorrow and, and through next week. Next week shows to be, you know, very nice. But that's oh, yeah. typically where you get below freezing for a couple nights, and then, boom, you're right back in the mid-40s. So this is, uh, you know, unprecedented right now. I mean, it hasn't happened, like Muscle White said, since 85, and I guarantee it's probably even worse or even longer because he said that on Tuesday. So, again, always good coming out of the mayor's report. He does a really good job uh, there kind of, you know, listening to the, uh, you know, people in South Haven, but at the same time uh, – uh, explaining to them maybe why some decisions have been made. 
and now we're going to go to the county uh, and then the state. We've just got a couple. These are just really brief kind of news clippets. This is not necessarily shout-outs. We only have one shout-out um, that we'll talk about here shortly, but uh, just kind of going out. So just kind of want to go through some brief county news. Again, all events have been canceled. We kind of want to give the updates that we have, again, as of early Friday morning. First of all, uh, the vaccinations for yesterday, uh, that would be February 18th, Thursday, those have been moved to March 6th. So whatever, whatever you know, appointment that you had at the Lander Center uh, on February 18th, same appointment time, they moved to March 6th. You should be contacted by text or by telephone. If by phone, it will be a 601 number. Please answer. You know, this is kind of, I think, the third or the fourth day we've had to <laughs> reschedule saying the same thing. Uh, but that, 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 that's now on the 6th. It'll be next Saturday, uh, two Saturdays, actually. Two Saturdays. Hey, can I jump in there? I've seen a, yep. on a different website that I look at or a different kind of chat room that I look at talks about a number of different um, vaccine appointments, Tupelo area, Oxford area, New Albany area, that type of stuff. If you're willing to travel, jump back on that website and maybe yeah. go. If you're willing to drive an hour or somebody can drive you for that hour or whatever, or you, know, you want to take your parents, you don't mind driving over to the Tupelo area, maybe you can get in earlier or something like that. Take a look at that. I mean, don't just think that Lander Center is the only place that it can happen. If, you're, if March 6th doesn't work for you, uh, there's um, – I mean, I, you know, the guy said there were dozens of, of appointments uh, over in the Tupelo area uh, from what he saw. So just take a look at that and be proactive versus just saying, oh, shucks, I can't go to March 6th. You know, maybe if, you know, a little bit further driving or maybe come up with a different course of action, you can get your, you know, maybe your parents vaccinated a little earlier. Next, uh, they're all cities uh, have been, are closed, were closed Wednesday and Thursday uh, as of this morning. Olive Branch and DeSoto County went ahead and canceled their, there's no city offices for Olive Branch open. <laughs> And no DeSoto County office is open. Still no official word that uh, I could find uh, for Hernando and South Haven. I would imagine it would be coming shortly. Uh, so please check Facebook. Please check the city websites to see if they have made that formal announcement. But Olive Branch and DeSoto County had closed. Yeah, and that leads into the last uh, point for the county uh, is mail. Uh, obviously, you've not been receiving your mail this week. They Again, through Thursday, they were closed. I would assume they made the same call for today. Now, the post offices have been open. Uh, post offices in the cities were open Wednesday and Thursday. I didn't go back and look as far as Tuesday or Monday. I would assume that they were open one of those two days. But they were open Wednesday and Thursday, the post office themselves. Uh, but no deliveries, and I would assume that would be the same for Friday. So, yes, things are off. Yes, I, I would say if you had bills due that you had mailed, you can literally say it was in the mail. Uh, you may want to make phone calls. You may want to call your credit card companies. You may want to call any utility companies that you would have mailed a check into. If, if it still shows that it's not cleared your account, make the phone call. They know that I think over 100 million people had snow at one point. Uh, I, excuse me, on Tuesday or Wednesday, I think 100 million people at the same time had snow. Yeah, I think I saw 73% of the country has been affected by this snow. Yeah, o over the yes. days, but there was one day where 100 right. million people had snow. Wow. I mean, one-third of the country had snow on the same day. So they will completely understand. So just reach out to them. You know, as a, as a banker, I'm telling you, Call them before they call you. Let them know what's going on. Uh, and then uh, if, you know, if you're having any issues trying to you know, get something to somebody in the mail. Derek, a parking lot I saw, actually, I think they've been closed this week too, just out of safety for their patients, just out of safety for their, the people that work for them, is DeSoto Family Dental Care, which has been a presence under the water tower for multiple decades. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, Drs. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. 
An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. Visit their office today to see the difference or give them a call at 662-429-5239. That's 662-429-5239 for the DFDC difference. Derek, I'm sure those guys will be back back working next week. I'm sure the parking lot will be wide open next week, and those guys will have to fit in all those patients that they had to cancel. Up. Yeah, a lot, a lot of catching, of catching up, up for uh, Dr. Paroli and Trotter and Seymour for sure. Thank you guys for being sponsors of the UTW podcast. We want to welcome our newest advertiser, Green King Spray Services. Since 2001, Green King has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure that your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again 662-892-8419, or reach them at their website, greenkingspray.com. You know, Derek, our first three advertisers are definitely three companies that are going to be playing catch up after a week of being closed. I can imagine, I can only imagine Green King taking an entire week off. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of pre emergent stuff <laughs> that would go on this week. And so they're going to be doubling oh, up next, when, especially when it's going to be wet and 63. They're going to start applying oh, a lot of that pre emergent Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, for March. And remember, when you want it green, call the king. Podcast brought to you by Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Your local State Farm provider. Lauderdale Insurance is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team possesses over a century of insurance experience in life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Give them a call at 662-429-5213. That's 662-429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. That's Lauderdale Insurance Agency on Facebook. All right, now, uh, as I mentioned, we have a couple of state items. Uh, you know, there are the legislature still meeting uh, during all this. They were meeting, I think, uh, some, of, some of it by Zoom. Uh, they had done some short sessions. And so we kind of wanted to cover a couple things that they're still looking at. Again, uh, the session's supposed to go, you know, usually in sometime, sign dies around end of March, sometime in April. They're still trying to shoot to do that. Uh, and so a couple things that I, I want to mention, the first being that because they're trying to uh, I'm not saying speed through this session, but they, you know they're wary of COVID, wary of trying to keep you know, uh, you know minimum times together and that sort of thing. They want to make this this session uh, as short as possible, but still getting you know everything they want to get done. And because of that, the census numbers should be in sometime this spring. However, since it's going to come probably toward the middle, which we already are right now, uh, or toward the end of the session before they have those numbers, they're going to push redistricting. They've decided to push that more than likely to 2022. Which means that um, you know, kind of what we talked about when Hernando uh, should have redistricted ten years ago. Uh, this, they'll be looking to do it starting in March of next year. So that the 2022 session, they're going to take up redistricting, which means 
they're going to start looking to draw the line. So your state senators, your state representatives, their areas may look different uh, next year. And so they'll be taking all that up. You know, everything's on the on the table that we talk about locally. I mean, you have the Constitution, one man, one vote. Uh, you have the um, Civil Rights Act, you know, making sure that the minority votes uh, are not suppressed or not uh, diluted in any way. All that will be part of the consideration as they try to do statewide uh, what Hernando did back uh, in December uh, citywide. So, again, uh, that will be pushed to next session. It looks like I think waiting that time, trying to get through COVID when you don't even have the numbers yet, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. Just wait until 2022. Got to do it, though, Derek. Like we talked about, Mike McClendon mentioned something about us maybe gaining a, a senator or gaining a representative, that type stuff, because the Soto County, uh, the growth in the Soto County is tremendous compared to other parts of the state. But that's okay. We'll give you one year off, but let's get on it on 2022 for sure. And the other thing I think that our listeners will find interesting the state has taken up, uh, both the House and the Senate have passed two forms of legislation allowing. Mississippi athletes to be paid. This is not, I think there's 28 other states that have taken this up in some form or fashion. And so, again, the Senate has passed a version. The House has passed a version. Uh, but they still have to come together and make it one version before they can look to then repass it in both houses and send it to the governor for it to become law if it were to happen. You know, this is very unique, though. This is uh, what the, the way it's written. I think they both have similarities. And I guess the, the two similarities that, that stood out from what I've read is that it would be for their likeness. Uh, anything that they make on their likeness. So if they do a car commercial, if they do uh, any type of print ads or, or you know, a podcast ad, uh, that they are able to, uh, that, that they're used, they would be compensated for that. Or if their names are used on jerseys, on the back of jerseys, if the school uses their name uh, to sell jerseys, merchandise of any sort, that they would be compensated in some way. Now, what that looks like, I have no idea. That's a lot of details to go through. But they are on board and basically – Matt, they're doing it because they realize that our schools would be at a recruiting disadvantage sure. if other states pass this and we do not. That, you know, okay, well, why am I going to go to Ole Miss, Mississippi State, or Southern if, you know, uh, I could go to Florida and, hey, they're going to let me, uh, I can sell, I can, you know, I can get uh, $5,000 out of pushing this car dealership or whatever. And now, you know, and I can't do that in Mississippi. Why am I going to go there? So I think it's very smart of them. You know, again, there's 28 other states doing it, but, you know, for, for Mississippi to be, to understand it, and in the legislature, I think one guy said he was just going to hold his nose and do it. It's not that it doesn't look the best, I guess. I mean, from where, you know, college is amateur and this and that. I think we're probably past that by now, uh, and I think they're finally understanding it, and it looks like that there's some there's some legs to this, and we'll see if it gets passed. Yeah, most of our listeners are, are educated enough to understand college athletics is a big-time business. <laughs> a lot of us went to Ole Miss. We went to Mississippi State, Alabama, LSU, whatever, you know, those larger things it, you know it's a big time business I mean it really is and and if you're uh, if other states are starting to pass things and again so much of this Derek is a little bit of hey we're going to start to push the NCAA to begin to look at this consider this podcast listeners I, I don't I mean I think most of us know there's a lot of why should Lane Kiffin make five million dollars and these players not possibly be able to well they get the education paid for sure. but you know that's that's a you know right. anywhere from what maybe fifteen thousand? Uh, I guess Vanderbilt could be forty-five right. or fifty thousand for the SEC schools. Uh, but still, that, that's pale in comparison to what they're putting on the field, especially, you know, your top one or two players, your first-round right. draft picks that are getting chosen out of college. Yeah, my son for Christmas got a Matt Corral jersey. He, he didn't. He didn't get the number two for anybody else. It says Ole Miss number two, mm-hmm. Matt Corral on the back. If Matt Corral got five dollars from that jersey because Wilson wanted it, I don't care. 
Right. You know, whatever. Right. That's just fine. I mean, you know, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, we, you know, we, you and I came up with the uh, Eli Manning stuff like that. The last – from 1995 to 2021, the number 10 uh, jersey for Ole Miss is going to be Eli Manning. I mean, I like Chad Kelly as much as anybody, Swag. but I'm just saying – but I'm just saying, you know – Eli Manning. So, I mean, that, that's just kind of – and so many of these guys aren't going to go on to – some of these phenomenal college football athletes, football players, national championship, even Heisman Trophy winners, they're not going to go on to, to huge, you know, pro contracts. Right. They're not going to go on to, to huge pro money. So, um, you know, like you said, it's kind of a keeping up with the Joneses type situation. I don't blame the legislature for holding their nose and doing it. I mean, so be it if that's the case. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and I think that, you know, California was the first to do it, if you remember. Florida was very close behind, but California had actually – said that theirs was going to be started in 2023 to give, you know, Congress and, and NCAA time to catch up and hopefully pass up to themselves. Well, Florida is supposed to start this summer. Like, it starts twenty the school year 2021. So, you know, we're going to see this is going to come to head shortly. Uh, we'll see if Mississippi passes theirs by April. But in six months, Florida players could be getting paid in some form or fashion without harm from the NCAA uh, on their likenesses and images. So it's going to be something to kind of watch and see as the uh, sports year starts next year. All right, that wraps up the state, the state uh, news that we had. Uh, we do have, you know, on Fridays we usually do the DeSoto County shout-outs. Well, <laughs> for this week, everything's been much been canceled. Uh, any events going on this weekend, uh, any things that we might have had uh, during the week coming up, um, have been kind of postponed or pushed back. Uh, there was one shout-out that we have that we want to make sure that everybody's aware of for Tuesday, March 2nd. DeSoto County's fourth annual teacher career fair will take place at the Landers Center again on Tuesday, March 2nd from 2 to 5 p.m. This event is for brand-new graduates or veteran teachers who are looking to teach in the DeSoto County District. Please visit the website at www.desotocountyschools.org to register. And for more information, they can call Ashley Bryant at 662-449-7127. Again, 662-449-7127. Podcast brought to you by Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or basically anywhere it's not snowing, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here under the water tower. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. You can reach them at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. Again, if you're looking to get out of... This area for the uh, for spring break or the summer or anywhere the nicer weather any tropical getaway please reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher again at 662-469-6304. North Point Christian School will offer a preview of the point admissions open house for prospective students ages PK through 12th grade this Sunday February 21st at 2 p.m. Yes, it is still going on this Sunday, February 21st at 2 p.m. Come see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point. DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. School representatives will be on hand to answer your questions about North Point's distinctive approach to school health and safety, as well as their unmatched academic, athletic, and arts offerings. Reserve your spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Mrs. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. Don't miss out. Reserve your spot for this Sunday. February 21st at 2 p.m. and see if you and your family are ready to join the North Point family. Lastly, podcast brought to you by Williams Services. 
Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. If your parking lot or your driveway, long driveway, are in need of snow removal or in need of any kind of care like that at this time, I know it's rare, but Williams Lawn Services absolutely can help with that. Any fencing needs that you might have, new fencing, fence repair, gate repair, anything like that that you might need for your property, reach out to Williams Lawn Services. That's 662-292-8855, 662-292-8855, or find Richard at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Derek kind of leading into, as we talked about, not necessarily any scores going on this week. We covered that last uh, on Tuesday. Uh, but we are talking about the playoffs. We are talking about the playoffs have been kind of pushed back. The girls' playoffs were supposed to be on Tuesday, and then now they were pushed to Wednesday, uh, to Thursday. And, Derek, you got an update on that. They've been pushed again. So t- tell us about it. Uh, the state has sent it out. The Mississippi High School Athletic Association has said that this is how the playoffs should now happen over the next week. Schools that are located in the south part of the state may play their first-round game this weekend, so Saturday, if both schools can travel. A reminder that all the schools do, you know, don't need to take any kind of unnecessary chances with the road conditions, but if they can make, if both teams agree to play, go ahead and play the games that are located in the southern part of the states. For everything else, for those in the central area and north, uh, this, is what is, this is how these playoffs now are going to break down over the next seven days. Girls will play the first round on Monday, February 22nd, the second round Wednesday, February 24th, and the third round Friday, February 26th. The boys, first round Tuesday, February 23rd, second round Thursday, February 25th, and the third round Saturday, February 27th. The state understands that this is not an ideal situation, uh, that you literally, if, you know, you do want to play, you've got to win to advance, but you literally could be playing three games in five days. Uh, they understand that's not, again, the best-case scenario, but they want to have – basically the third round was supposed to be by next weekend anyway, and so they still want to keep the same time schedule. I did not find out really why it's so important to have everything ready or done by <laughs> March, like why you just couldn't go into March 15th or if you had to. I know it had to do with spring break. I think is the, the main purpose is that they want to have it all wrapped up before spring break, and I guess that's the, the biggest answer. But anyway, that's what you're going to have – you know, well, Center Hill, uh, Hernando, Soda Central, all the all branch, both teams. I mean, everybody, uh, Lake Cormorant guys. Hey, you're playing. I hope that y'all y'all are playing three games next week. Sure. Every one of y'all. We, we will have a, a lot to cover on our Tuesday show, and yeah. hopefully all through next week we'll be bang bang all week long. Um, so anyway, that's how it's going to work. And I want to just break down real quickly. I mean, again, this is all we have in sports today because. There are no scores. There's been nothing going on. Uh, there have been no signings. There's been nobody at school to you know to have any kind of ceremonies or anything <laughs> like that. So I'm going to briefly read what the uh, for those of y'all again what the the I guess uh, matchups will be starting Monday and Tuesday uh, next week for the girls uh, class 6A. You're going to have South Panola at Hernando, Horn Lake Lady Eagles will be traveling to Startville, and DeSoto Central is traveling to Clinton. And the boys 6A, you'll have Hernando at Germantown High School in Madison. You'll have Warren Central coming to Olive Branch, and you'll have DeSoto Central going to Madison Central. That will be on Tuesday's games. And the 5A girls, you'll have Center Hill going to Provine. And then finally, 5A boys, you will have Provine coming to Center Hill. And, of course, Lake Cormorant has a bye. Olive Branch girls have a bye. So, again, congratulations to all these teams. We can't wait to cover uh, the girls on Tuesday morning during our show. Uh, And then, again, Matt uh, and the guest host will cover – both the boys' Tuesday games, possibly 
girls and boys Wednesday, Thursday games. So good luck to y'all next Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I, let me go ahead and uh, I'll just go ahead and tell the UCW podcast listeners it will not be as detailed as Derek likes to do. Derek spends a lot of time uh, digging, you know, getting different uh, scores and, and stuff like that as far as uh, scores. So we'll, we'll do our best to uh, fill that gap. Uh, and and Derek, you will have sure. the guest host who is very tied in. Yes, uh, yes. on the east side of uh, the with Lewisburg, with Olive Branch, and with Center Hill, who may be able to help you with those teams. Yeah, so no good. doubt, no doubt. And look, I hope every DeSoto County team is still in it next Friday. That would be, be pretty awesome if we could do that. And I want to apologize. I did leave one off one team. The South Haven boys also have a bye. Yeah, South Haven boys uh, have a bye as well. What's North Point doing? All right, on the private school side, North Point, they have uh, – the, remember, the boys won their first run game. They were supposed to play Wednesday as well as the girls. I think the boys were scheduled for 8 p.m. and the girls 4 p.m. on Wednesday. Both those games currently are supposed to be played tomorrow. Uh, they're both scheduled Saturday. to play on Saturday, tomorrow, and so that's currently the – they have not postponed that as of our taping, and so right now we're shooting for two – for the boys' second-round game and the girls' second-round game. Of course, they had a bye to be played tomorrow. It is what it is, uh, the different schedules. Uh, again, kids, just be happy that we're playing. Uh, everybody's going to do their, do the best they can to be safe. The roads need to be safe. That's another thing, Derek. I was just thinking while you were reading all the, the, the games and when they were playing, I'm so glad Monday is supposed to be in the 50s. Travel is going to be better for these kids so they can have uh, a good experience in the playoffs, win or lose, have the opportunity to go and, and have the complete focus of, of that and not be worried about you know travel or any kind of frightening you know stuff with buses and everything so oh, yeah. definitely uh, excited about that again most importantly be happy you're playing basketball shelby county just north of us not playing basketball not going to school all those different things so just an amazing situation shout out to all the DeSoto county administrators that were able to pull this off some of these kids played 25 30 35 games a lot of hard work a lot of attention to detail from a COVID standpoint, just a great uh, experience. And thank you so much for pulling that off. Look, if you enjoy what you hear each and every week, find us on Facebook at UTW podcast on Facebook, on Instagram at UTW podcast and on Twitter at UTW pod. That's UTW pod on Twitter. Most importantly, share it, share it, share it on Facebook, Hernando happenings, anything that you want to share a podcast, please, please do. Don't forget that we do have some phenomenal Interviews coming up with the candidates of all the Alderman races here at Hernando. We have next Wednesday, we will have the Ward 3 candidates will be sitting down with us for our special show. So if you are in Ward 3, we'll get an opportunity to sit down with the gentlemen that are running for that Alderman seat. Looking forward to learn more and more about their vision, learn more about what their plans are with their time as Alderman. So looking forward to that. That's next Wednesday, Ward 3. Again, we skipped Ward 2 because Ward 2 has a, a one gentleman's running as an independent, another gentleman's running as a Republican, uh, and that race doesn't heat up until April. So that's why we skipped Ward 2. No other reason but that. Ward 3 will be picking up this coming Wednesday. Looking forward to that. Again, had a wonderful response. number of different people reached out on Facebook, reached out via email about the Ward 1. Natalie Lynch, Chris Tong interview. Thank you all so much to, for both of them to come in and, uh, and be with us about that. But most importantly, hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, anything like that. Hit subscribe so you'll know each and every time we release our show through Rooster Production. Well, Derek, we braved the snow and, and, and the weather, and we made it here. It looked a little bit like Jack Nicholson from The uh, the Shining when he was looking for the little boy. Uh, but we, we made it to the How to Barbecue Right Shop studios. Glad the uh, UTW podcast listeners uh, to give them a show. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're cooped up for four or five days, and all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And uh <laughs> You just got to get out there, and sometimes you just you kind of go crazy, man. Yeah, you, you yeah absolutely. No, no. Like I said earlier, you start teaching a six-year-old virtual learning, it'll put make you pull your hair out. 
exactly. well, uh, or or start typing a letter and the same word over, over. and over and over again. Right. Yeah, yeah, that, that happens. So, look, if you're cooped up this weekend, go watch The Shining. You'll know what we're talking about. But, uh, again, we were a little bit like Jack Nicholson trying to get to the, the office this morning braving the, the weather. But if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. Thank you.